0: Welcome to Straight Cut Nonsense, the
1: podcast. Hi, James. Hi, Spencer.
0: Welcome to episode five of Straight Cut Nonsense, which is also the first episode that we have tried to record remotely. Yes, so
1: uh, don't sue us if you get... (laughs) Uh, tinnitus from a terrible recording.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll see. This may never even see the light of day. Who knows?
1: It might be terrible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So it's been a while since we've recorded and a lot of things have happened um, since we uh, were last together, which was November, right? Yes. It was before Thanksgiving.
0: It was November probably 1st or 2nd because I'm pretty sure I flew back to California on the 3rd.
1: I'm pretty sure you did as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, lots, lots has happened. We can't exactly talk about everything that happened um, no. in the last three months, because that's quite a lot of time, weirdly. Um, who'd have thought? Uh, so, um, first off, I want to talk about how we were 100% correct about the Alpine slash Renault situation.
0: I knew you wanted to start with that.
1: Uh, go yeah, on. I really, go I, on. I, because I think
0: we do We do deserve it, let's be honest.
1: We deserve a, a round of applause <laughs> and, lo- and lots of money, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sponsors come at us. Um, so, like, uh, uh, dedicated listeners will have known that we talked briefly about uh, Renault and Alpine potentially uh, becoming... No, hang on. What, what did we say? We said that Rena- a Renault... No, Renault would... <laughs> it's been ages, man. Um, <laughs> Renault are basically kind of liquidating their performance cars um, and Alpine are are increasing their uh, their model line, basically. And we kind of predicted that. Uh, was I think because we, we knew that Alpine and Renault were going to switch so that instead of the well, F1 yeah. team, it would be the Alpine F1, t- F1 team. Right. Um, so it started and, with
0: Formula 1 team is, is yes. where this kind of yeah, and, and that makes sense that you would initiate this transition, moving yeah. your kind of flagship sports cars to a new brand. You'd start that at the pinnacle of performance, which would be the, the Formula One team.
1: Yes, right, and uh, and given that the McGann was extremely expensive, that last one, uh, it kind of it kind of I don't know it it seemed like a swan song uh, car to me, hence why it was so expensive and rare and yad yada yad. So that's where our we we got our tinfoil hats on and predicted some kind of uh, some, some kind of change in the structure of the performance cars for Renault yes. slash yeah. all of France. Yeah. Yep. So we got it right, Fuck we yeah, did. we did. Well you know,
0: I found out the tinfoil hat works a lot better if you microwave it first.
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't do that. Yeah, I yeah, put it yeah. in the oven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's gotta be the my microwave. Bad. all right okay thanks thanks
0: um (laughs) but so i want to know what your opinion is as someone who is genuinely mourning the loss of renault performance hatchbacks do you feel like this is a a, a good solution do you feel like this is a step in the right direction um
1: i mean it's good in the sense that it stops renault from being really wishy-washy about performance stuff because the the last sort of five years basically since the uh well, actually, maybe even longer than that. Basically, since like the Clio 200, so the most recent Clio Renault Sport car came out, they've been really lackluster and really just not trying very hard mm-hmm. with their Renault Sport vehicles. Um, and I, it was kind of it is sad to see the Renault badge uh, not be on kind of performance vehicles. Um, but at the same time, it would also be nice to have sports cars made by a company that really wants to actually make sports cars. Yeah. Um so I'm not super mad. Um also you could you could also say that the most legendary Renaults are actually Alpines. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, you know, so it yeah, it's um uh, I'm I'm okay with it. Uh it is I I hope they make some like hot hatches and you know, do the small car, a small cheap performance car because yeah. that's what the French have always done best. Um and uh Yeah, it's fine. Trade trade the yellow for the blue, I guess. Uh, So
0: I'm okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like it's like (laughs) one player from your favorite team is just like really having like they're going downhill with their current team, and you love the current team, but you feel like they'll have a better opportunity going to a new team, and then yeah, kind of. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a shame, but um, I think it'll probably bring out better things than Renault would have been willing to yeah it just seems that they were really unwilling to kind of uh invest in their performance i guess not Yeah, kind of performance car market um so and we and we also know that Alpine know what to do with their performance cars so um it's in good hands there's no doubt about it that the cars that Alpine will make are gonna be really shit hot because they've they've mentioned that they're gonna expand the sport the the range right and there's gonna be electric electric vehicles yeah right mm-hmm. I, I, did, I right. read that right that's right um, and it was going to be electric hatchback I believe um, yes which is interesting because Renault announced that they were going to do the Renault 5 rehash which is also going to be an EV vehicle right right.
0: so there's certainly the possibility that they will end up collaborating on that
1: yeah I I, I kind of hope so um, yeah. that could be really cool I like I love the concept the, um, the concept right now it looks really good
0: yeah also, in um, terms of automakers kind of splitting up, you know, segmenting their business a bit more, Daimler, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Mercedes-Benz, Daimler-Benz, is splitting mm-hmm. officially into two mm-hmm. companies, which is huge news as well. Yeah, sure So is. Daimler is going to become solely a kind of more commercially focused company, which will be kind of trucks and buses and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, everyone in Europe knows about seeing trucks and buses with Mercedes badges on them. Um, they don't really have many in the U S to be honest, but in Europe, that's mm-hmm. like a common thing, which yeah, when very. I first got there, I thought it was hilarious. Cause I was, you know, I was like, I will always want to ride in a Mercedes bus. I don't care if it's any <laughs> different than any other one, but it's a Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fully, fully. <laughs> and, and then, you know, Mercedes Benz themselves is now going to be focused solely on vehicles for, for passengers, like just cars and SUVs and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's a pretty interesting shift too, and it comes from yeah. kind of the same basic idea, where companies are trying to simplify their mission yeah. and become more focused. Um, yeah, definitely. What I definitely. thought was interesting is that like investors have apparently been wanting this to happen for quite some time, uh, mm-hmm. and it sounds okay. like now that it is happening, um, they'll—I'm sure—they'll both get investment, you know, relatively quickly because they'll probably want to raise for. New powertrain technologies. That's another yeah. main factor that causes a split. So, yeah, because the cars are, you know, moving towards battery power, um, yeah. and the trucks are and the buses are more likely to run on hydrogen fuel cells yeah. or yeah, other you know, alternative sure. systems that are not necessarily battery electric vehicles. So, yeah. having these two companies now each able to focus on their own powertrain technology. Yeah, exactly. That's key exactly. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have
1: that. Um, they have that huge. Unimog,
0: don't they? Oh god, yeah, I think they're be still a, making it. I hope, so I guess that'll be a Daimler now. But that thing is just oh, an icon.
1: No AMG Unimog, that's sad.
0: I don't know. Brabus <laughs> still does a package on them. Oh my god, no way! <laughs> I'm sure they'll continue. Oh, oh, I didn't know this. <laughs> yes. oh, shit, it's hilarious. That's the coolest. It's so stupid. Yeah, you get a Unimog <laughs> with like 700 horsepower.
1: I mean, haven't they made a Brabos 6x6 G-Wagon? The yeah. yeah, you, yeah. Uh, Umog is not much further off. They can do no, it. No, it's not. Do it. Do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so... <coughs> excuse me. So, further news. Um, uh, not exactly uh, headline hitting, but something that we felt was important to discuss is uh, the bread van.
0: The return of the bread van.
1: Yep. So, there's a company on uh, Instagram... Well, also the world um, that <laughs> <And> in reality, <laughs> yeah, and in, <laughs> yeah, exactly, literally, um, <laughs> and, and this uh, basically makes uh, coach-built uh, estates wagons um, out of cars that didn't previously have them available. So, uh, what's the company called? the co- The coach builder's name is the name of the guy who runs it who is very Dutch by sounds of it. So it's Niels van Royce design. I'm gonna say that. Oh, it's Belgian, not Dutch, sorry. Sorry. Um (laughs) <laughs> this is a mess.
0: Um, <laughs> and his Instagram <laughs> handle is the same. It's Niels Van Roelj Design. Roche. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Rolls-Royce is fucking gorgeous. It is so perfect. I think it's just the most, oh, beautiful thing. And it suits, it, it could fit into the to the lineup of the Rolls-Royce lineup just so perfectly. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tesla's pretty cool as well. Um, the, that green, uh was Gorge. And now, the most recent project they've just... I think they've just completed is a bread van homage using the Ferrari 550. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, I was quite excited about this for a while, and then I saw it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) More specifically, then you saw the front.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah. So, by homage, they don't just mean you know, make an estate version of the 550. They mean literally take the design cues from the bread van and slap them on a 550. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure it's so successful, to be honest. Um, the, uh, I, I really just wanted it to be a simple estate. And, um,
0: it, it, well, not even that, right? With was a shooting break because this is a two-door to begin with.
1: Yes, you, right. Sure. sure sorry, Just sorry, yeah, like the original
0: break. 250 GT bread van, which was yeah. originally done as like kind of an aerodynamic study, um, yeah. before they had you know computer aided design and and you know, like their own dynamic uh, simulation programs. Right. Um, but that idea is amazing to recreate one of the most iconic classic Ferrari race cars of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I just I agree with you. Like, I, I don't think that it looks cool to me from like the rear angle and from and the, the side. Profile. I yeah. love
1: the side profile. But yeah, I was a bit um uh, by, by the face.
0: Yeah. Anywho, that's enough of ramblings for the news, I suppose. I suppose. Well, yeah,
1: yes. Right. Well, kind of because we wanted to talk uh, uh, about the new the Tesla. Cegle.
0: The segway. Yeah, the segue.
1: This, yeah, this is the connector. <laughs> literally saying it to listeners. Yeah, how could you fucking forget? Um, so uh, Tesla have just have announced uh, its new drivetrain, which is the Plaid. Um, is there a reason why it was called the Plaid? Yes. Why?
0: Tell me. Have you ever seen the movie Spaceballs?
1: Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, that's cool. Um, <laughs> right, so it's basically a 1,006 horsepower drivetrain that's going in the Model S first, right? Or yeah. the Model X?
0: Model S and X simultaneously. Both at the same time.
1: Yeah. Um And uh, if you didn't think your Tesla uh, P65D or whatever uh, was fast enough, now there's a solution via 1,000 horsepower in a fucking saloon um so this leads into our discussion topic for the week which is super saloons one of the most beloved uh kind of sectors of uh, performance cars that there is i think mm. um I agree. yes it's like cult following rightly so um so we're going to talk about tesla and ev uh a bit later on um but for nice now shadowing yeah, I just, you know, <laughs> keeping people on the table. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to start off with a definition of background because it's actually kind of... It's, <laughs> it's not actually kind of simple to define the super saloon, as we found out last night. Yeah, we found uh, that out
0: while we were trying to make the list of the greatest yeah, super saloons, yeah. huh? Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, I mean, so what we realized was Uh, When the the Super Saloon came about, it wasn't like there had never been a fast four-door before then. Mm -hmm. But there's a certain ethos, I think, that kind of defines the Super Saloon, which is kind of a a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that really started uh, with the E28 M5 that BMW produced in the Mm mid-'80s, where they effectively took a race engine... Uh, out of the M1 supercar and put it in their little five series midsize sedan. Yep, and that Sick. that was that was the first M5. So it was the kind <clears> of <throat> first ever M treatment, also. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In it, like at that level to a, a normal production model. Yep. BMW.
1: Yeah, because the M1 came before that, but um, obviously that was its own model. The whole range was just the M version but this was a fairly standard uh sedan family sedan um, that just had a fucking racing engine in it yeah oh it's so cool <laughs> dude thank god thank god for germans in the 80s 80s germans are just the, the most wicked <laughs>
0: it, probably there was so much beer fueling these creations I oh my god
1: imagine. and so yeah. much rule breaking i can imagine as well right <laughs> so, and
0: that you know i think one of the, the coolest things about this car is that from the outside, it didn't look significantly different. No. Uh, it didn't really look different at all to mm-hmm. a, you know, like a 518 diesel, like a, the one yeah. of the mill kind of, you know, basic model. It had um, larger wheels, uh, larger rims, only because it needed yeah. slightly larger brakes. Right. Uh, that was pretty much <laughs> it. I mean, it's like the mm-hmm. ultimate understated road-going missile.
1: Yeah. So this kind of takes like the Golf GTI recipe that we talked about in the hot uh was it the hot hatch episode? No, it was the car was... innovations episode. Right. Right, right. Um where like the GTI was created um as a kind of experiment and it ostensibly kind of just looked like a regular GTI apart from that red bit at the front. That was the only clue that it was actually a lot fuck- a lot faster <laughs> yeah. than um any other golf you've ever seen and made for the autobahn so that people could get out the way when they saw the red <laughs> the red band on the front which is so sick um it awesome. so similar kind of ethos like it, it's uh you think it's a regular car and then you're like oh shit it's disappeared into the sunset yeah um, <laughs> it's so cool it's just the most rad concept um, and it
0: really does feel like the Germans were kind of like in a world of their own when they uh-huh. when this whole kind of era was coming about. Because they yeah. dominated the space for so long. Um, so BMW yep. started it. And then <laughs> and then a couple of crazy engineers over in the Falterbach, uh, known as AMG, decided uh-huh. to do the same thing to a, what is normally kind of a Mercedes taxi almost. Uh-huh. So out of a a mundane W124 chassis they created what is now fondly referred to as the AMG Hammer. Mm-hmm. And if that uh-huh. isn't the coolest name ever given to a car, I don't know what it
1: is. I don't know it is. Yeah, it's so manly. Absolutely bursting with machismo like me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Obviously. Uh um, yeah, this is um so we we were um kind of struggling with this one <laughs> for a little
0: bit. <laughs> I could not um, find anything else like concrete about it, which kind of,
1: yeah, that's it's the best
0: explanation of it, right? It's like this weird mystical unicorn.
1: It is a unicorn. Um, um, it was um,
0: effectively a, uh, option, right? That you could he, basically spec from AMG. Yes. Cause this yes. is from, this is from before AMG was actually part of Mercedes. They were a separate yep. tuning company. Yeah. Um, yep. So it would be like taking your Porsche to, you know, rough or something like that.
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, for
0: sure. So they <coughs> fitted the W124 chassis uh, E-Class with a 6-liter V8, and they created mm-hmm. a 190-mile-an-hour sedan that looked like a taxi. Yeah, it's so cool. Oh, I, I guess mean, it did, it given doesn't... that insane body kit it had on it, I,
1: mean, I was about, I was about yeah. to say, like, <laughs> yeah, like it, with those black wheels, the the dark grey body, it's the sick, the sick uh, uh, wheel arches. It's just like it, it looks evil, but, like yeah. absolutely evil. Like if they ever remade those like horror films in the '60s where they tried to make a car like a demon. Do you, know, do you remember those oh, like yeah, really yeah. stupid films? Yeah, like, yeah this this yeah. would be like a front row contender for like a, 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 a a personification of the devil as a car.
0: Yeah. It's and so they cool. did They did the... Uh, I think they only made like 30 of these things, so they're super yeah, rare. Yeah, yeah. They're super they, rare, yeah, yeah. They did coupes, which I think is the best-looking variant. I think so. It's two. They I did a couple so sedans, and then you said you found that they did one wagon prototype? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, there in uh, there's a video on uh, uh, Petrolicious uh, where they cover this. Basically, uh, someone from Canada took uh, a diesel uh, variant of the uh, of their of the Mercedes and then gave it the hammer treatment by sourcing an engine. Um, I'm not sure if it was actually from a hammer or oh, if it was okay. basically the same V8. But so
0: that one was like a homemade recreation.
1: Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's Hammer in spirit because it, it it was trying to be as faithful to the Hammer concept as possible. Yeah. But it was it's uh, a custom job, um, and it costs one hundred ninety thousand Canadian dollars to Ooh. convert, uh, and worth every fucking penny, <laughs> if you ask me. It's so sick. It's so cool. Um, so yeah, I you you're gonna need to talk about this next vehicle. Okay. Because you basically have this, but
0: not quite (laughs) always. So, um, basically the next car, BMW was just on a roll at this point with, with the M division, the E 34 five series replaced the E 28 five series. And that generation M five was significant for a couple of reasons. Um, it was the last hand built M car, which I think is pretty cool. No shit. The M5s, uh, the E34 M5s were actually hand built. Wow. Um, the cool. it was the last version of that car to use that kind of motorsport straight six engine. Mm. Mm.
2: Uh,
0: and then you know by its final years, it was a 3.8 liter putting out I think 340 horsepower. So pretty mm. good for the mid nineties. Um, yeah. And yeah. it just it was the coolest engine ever. Like individual throttle bodies. It's it's basically the E46 M3 engine uh minus you know 10 years of technology and with a little more displacement so that's one of the coolest things ever made but that was again you know they they very much stuck to the kind of theme of minute physical changes and then everything Mm -hmm. was just under the surface like all new suspension brakes the engine obviously gearbox exhaust Mm-hmm. All of the things that actually changed how the car drove were unique to the M5, and the rest of it was more or less standard 5 Series. Man,
1: yep. what a time! Yeah, what a time! <laughs> Sad. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, um, and when we talked about the fact that you have an E34, I do. Uh, I, have, I have a 535i,
0: five so I have a straight six, three and a half liter single overhead cam instead of the dual overhead cam 3.6 or 3.8
1: you know what i was gonna say spencer your biggest issue is that your car only has uh is a single uh, overhead cam so yeah yeah sort it out Um, i'd agree with you
0: (laughs) yeah maybe i'll just stick another cam like in the trunk or something it's even yeah
1: yeah, just put it on the on the passenger seat and i think it'll just be the same thing yeah yeah yeah. you you can go to the m5 meetings the energy from that yeah (laughs) Yeah, 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 tight, tight, tight. Yeah, we got you. I got you back. Uh, so um, this is where Britain steps in. <laughs> with, oh. Uh, with um, the equally legendary uh, and not reproduced in any kind of form, sadly, um, Lotus Carlton. <laughs> I just um, love this name. He's so stupid. I Dude, love it. All
0: I think about is Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel Air,
1: <laughs> named after him. <laughs> Crazy, stupid vehicle. Um, so basically, it's a Vauxhall Carlton that was been that was given the uh, once over by uh, Lotus. Uh, so, uh, well, kind of <laughs> like <laughs> it's, the once I mean, it's, twice it's, over. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really think of this car without just thinking that it's all engine. A bit like the first two, first two M fives. It's kind of okay. It's not all about the engine, but that is kind of the key distinct factor in what makes this not a voxel carton is the fact that it's got this fucking massive straight six. Um, it, wait, it's a straight
0: six, right? Or is yeah, it V six twin turbo straight six? Yeah, yeah. What right,
1: making hell? making three hundred and seventy horsepower. <laughs> And yeah, yeah they, it's stupid. I love it so much.
0: It is I mean, absolutely insane. It was faster yeah, so, than the M5.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the and I think what what wheres it, key. Kind of uh, statistic was that it it had a claimed top speed of around 180 miles an hour, and I don't think anyone ever got that because they were too scared to get up to that high speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, it's it's nuts. Although there was a there was a was there an Opal version?
0: Let's I have see. no idea. I know nothing about this car. I yeah just found out about it today, and that's why I still really think the name you is did not funny yeah. I, I that's did. crazy it's yeah.
1: it's kind of I mean it's like a cult car um, here like and it, it's kind of interesting I, I just wish I wish like Lotus collaborated more and just like really mundane brands and made like, in, like can you imagine like a Lotus Mini Cooper or something I don't know that could be kind of sick um,
0: <laughs> yeah I mean, so per, for perspective when the the current M5 which was then the early um, E34 M5 was out Mm-hmm. that had 315 horsepower. Mm. And then this thing comes out with 370. Yeah. That's yeah. insane.
1: It's fucking... So, it's so cool. Also, 419 pounds for torque. Like, yeah. that's yeah. so stupid. It's that's crazy. The same,
0: this, it's the same displacement engine. It's 3.6 liter inline six. Same yeah. engine as M5, just with twin turbos.
1: Yep. It's crazy. Um, also, not 16 5.2 seconds It's extremely fast for for the time. It's crazy. So it was made between 1990 and 1992. Like, 5.2 seconds.
0: That's insane. It did 30 to 70 miles per hour in 3.8 seconds, which is a tenth of a second faster than a Lamborghini Countach. Which is so (laughs) stupid. It's crazy. It's
1: it's actually so crazy. Um, So, yeah, I absolutely just love this car it's it's very much amg in spirit i feel it's i, I feel like uh, it's not quite bmw in spirit no, it's, although it was AMG. All,
0: it's all flared fenders yeah. and spoiler. yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. R- really stupid um shouldn't really exist thank god it does kind of <laughs> you know what i mean um
2: <laughs> yeah exactly
1: it's so cool um and it's surprising it was so, so fast given that it was pretty heavy um for the for the time anyway um, yeah. But yeah, rare as well. Super rare. Only 950 ever made, um, which is awesome. Love it. So Fucking cool. love that car so much, dude. Um, okay, so another Mercedes. Um, I'll let you talk about
0: this one. Oh, the 500E. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. So yes. this thing uh, was hilarious. So this is also kind of before AMG really got its mojo going. Mm-hmm. But the 500E... Mm-hmm. Was effectively um, a car that came about because Mercedes wanted a, a fast, kind of, you know, four door sedan to replace the hammer. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have the time or expertise to build such a car at, the, mm-hmm. at that moment. So what yep. they did was they commissioned Porsche to effectively design and assemble this car for them. So right. the Mercedes 500e has the V8 out of the then-generation SL um, uh-huh. shoehorned into this <laughs> chassis, which was never originally designed for a V8 engine. Uh, and, and Porsche actually yep. <laughs> ended up building these cars for Mercedes. And Crazy. it's like one of the coolest stories ever behind it. And, it was, again, it's a very limited edition run, very rare. Um, and, sadly, they were only available with an automatic gearbox. Right. But, as a concept, and those like those enormous flared fenders on an otherwise kind of you know standard E class body, I think just uh. looks amazing.
1: Yeah, uh, Mercedes like I feel like they design their cars with the with the idea of like okay, what will this look like with uh, flared wheel arches? Like I feel like that's the central point, and then they design around that. Yeah. And I think they <laughs> still do that. That's um, probably
0: what Corvette does too for the Z06, huh? B-
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> but it also is interesting to know that, like, um, aside from the BMW cars we've talked about, all of these super saloons um, were either side, like, were either commissioned, made by someone else. So, with the Lotus Carlton is a Vauxhall made by Lotus. there's a Mercedes made by Porsche, and then the Hammer, which is uh, kind of aftermarket, but kind of not. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, it's a weird middle ground, um, and it's interesting that. BMW. They originated the formula, and but they were still like, yeah, this is our car. We made this. This is like they fully owned their uh, the performance of the car and the fact that it was their product. I think it's just so cool. Love being. I love old BMW. Who doesn't? Yeah, I know. Um, It's badass. Oh, it's cry. sad. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Manly tears were shed. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, this, this, like this was you know this era in the late '90s, mid '90s, they were kind of ramping up, um, mm. in ter- and it was pretty much you know all in Germany at that point, apart from mm-hmm. the Lotus and a couple other scragglers. Um, mm-hmm. But then we hit what I think are kind of the golden era for yeah. the super saloon, right? The, yeah, the the early to mid 2000s is where things yeah. just kind of like got perfect because um, we had. <laughs> The E39 M5 now, right? Yep. So the, the E39 BMW 5 Series chassis yep. with a brand new uh, V8 for the first time. Still naturally yep. aspirated, still individual you know, throttle bodies. Amazing car. Um, a lot of people would consider that the best M5 ever made. Yep.
1: Then yep. we had uh, the
0: definitely. Mercedes E55 with the supercharged 5.5 liter V8. And then... <laughs> Right after that, the E63 with a naturally aspirated 6.3-liter V8, which is also one of the greatest V8 engines ever made.
1: Maybe the best-sounding V8 V8 yeah. ever. Yeah. Possibly. It's up there. Definitely. Crazy vehicle. Yep.
0: And then at uh-huh. this point, you know, Audi had been doing S models of the the, the A6 um, sedan from kind of the late 90s onwards. But we finally got an RS6 for the first time. Uh mm-hmm. And then fucking twin turbo V ten, yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. just... Inc- I mean, it's basically a, it was a Lamborghini uh, Gallardo yeah. motor with twin turbos. With and twin just, turbos, yeah. Like and just the, the, like the, tuned for all torque.
1: The the V ten wasn't enough. <laughs> like yeah, it was at standard, they just were like yeah. Let's just whack on two twin turbo.
0: Like yeah. What the fuck? It's really um, amazing.
1: Yeah, it's a it's super super cool. I don't know how. I don't think it was especially. Uh, dynamic <laughs> given the fact that it has <laughs> an enormous engine and because it's an Audi obviously the engine is as far ahead forward as it can be Mike, you just go four
0: wheel drive yeah yeah the engine um, basically it was the bumper
1: yeah basically um, yeah also we should mention the M5 uh, the uh, E62 huh? is that the
0: E60 M5? E60
2: E60 yes yeah.
1: with the naturally aspirated Which, V10 yeah so this this is for me it's probably this could be my favorite of this era
2: Mm. just
1: just because of that stupid engine Uh, (laughs) it's just like i mean it's the same as the rs6 except this car actually dynamically works (laughs) um (laughs) so it's it's naturally aspirated i mean they did they did do manual versions uh but i think that came later right
0: yeah so what they did was with the e60 m5 they all had the same five liter v10 Mm-hmm. Um. Which just yeah. I mean, an amazing engine. Like rev to like eight something thousand RPMs. Sounds uh, like hell. Proper motorsport engine again. I think yeah. probably kind of the last true motorsport yep. derived BMW engine. Actually. Yep. I think, I think so. Um, uh-huh. But the American market. When yeah. that car debuted, the American market was pretty upset that BMW did not offer the E60 M five with a manual gearbox. And it was only available with their SMG, the paddle shift transmission. Yeah,
1: which and was not anything dual clutch or anything like that. Right, it was right. pretty old school.
0: Automated yeah, single clutch.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and, and um the European market is- simultaneously wanted a touring version. And right. I don't know why BMW kinda shafted both of us (laughs) simultaneously. (laughs) They gave like they gave each of us one thing out of the two. So the American market was the only one that got the E sixty M five with a six speed manual.
1: Which makes no sense. Like when you think about it. It really doesn't, man. Like like anyway, yeah. Um. And then
0: and then you guys got the touring, the E sixty M five wagon.
1: I am so happy that we did get the, the wagon but what I, why not the
0: manual? Yeah. Ugh. If you had to choose between those two which would you get?
1: Manual. Okay. Me too. Manual. I I'd have to like I uh, yeah, cuz I don't think it's a practical proposition. The whole car as like because it's a V10 also there's known reliability issues with the I think both the gearbox and the engine. Mm-hmm. Um I think I'd just have the manual saloon and then just get a an RS4 from the same time period, uh, estate. Yes. And uh,
0: we yeah. were talking about like the RS four, like, um, and a couple other newer cars that were in that same size segment. And I think we should probably explain why we didn't include those in this list.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So we talked about the M f- now M three, Right. Yeah, so, right so no, hang on sorry sorry, sorry 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 yeah, yeah yeah, no that's right yeah. <laughs> it gets me confused. So the m3 it's which BW is the, in a nutshell now yeah so there's the m3, which is the four-door version of the M4 or vice versa whatever you want, whatever you think came first um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and then there's the the RS4 variant and then there's uh uh what else there's the alpha Julia uh, mm-hmm. Quadrifoglio, um, C63. C yeah the C sixty three
0: was that it maybe maybe else? but all those all the cars in that size segment we yeah. we we thought about them a lot and they used to be you know much smaller cars than they are now all cars yeah. have gotten a lot bigger um, mm-hmm. but they are still considered kind of entry level or compact sedans mm-hmm. and yeah that I think is probably where we made that decision right they're more like they're more like yeah. four-door sports cars than super yeah. four-doors
1: yeah so and I think with like the whole idea of the super saloon is that it bridges the gap between the four-door sports car and the limo yeah. Um In that Indeed. it has a crazy is a, is a really stupid big engine like limos always do but it has a kind of dy- dynamic dynamicism of the smaller cars uh, just slightly bigger and slightly heavier exactly. So yeah. that's kind of why we're not including them in this list. Um, we kind of look at barges, but not limos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, yeah. Um, and then uh, the kind of last guy I guess we're going to touch upon in this era is um, one that is almost an exotic, uh, but is still, like, still, I think, is in this category. Uh, but it's the most exotic of all of them, and it's Majority Quattroporte, mm. um, which mm. is... Probably the best looking, uh, and, and
0: maybe also the list. best sounding. I don't know,
1: yeah, yeah, that's a no- Yeah, that's the thing. This category has some of the best sounding cars ever made, yeah. Like, like the E39 M5 V8 sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. The all the AMG products, all of them. the yep, the Quattroporte, the M5 V10, like, just sounds so saucy, um, and so it sounds so rude, uh, which is just the best part of the whole juxtaposition of having a the super super saloon uh existing. <laughs> um so it like the the quattroporte really like came to a head at the GTS. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: with the four point seven V eight. Oh my god. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and like it was, it's hilarious 'cause it's like a car that doesn't really work. Um and it really stood up to those like stereotypes of like Maserati's just not being made properly, especially at that time period. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> you remember that um, one Top Gear episode where they did the like kind of the three big saloon challenge yes, and Jamie yes, had one of these? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. the repeat the Panamera and the Quattroporte GTS and they just were like absolutely just nutting over the Quattroporte and the repeat.
0: Yeah. And they were like um, the Quattroporte is like breaking down and you know it's got all yeah. these like stupid design like yeah, it doesn't work. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. But they're like oh my god it's just so cool.
1: This engine oh it drives amazing it's yeah. like duh that's that's what you want um so, so cool um I, and i guess like i i, I kind of want to talk about uh, gm products uh general motors because um
0: i don't know what don't what, what that you, company is sorry general motors general sorry, what general... general who yeah ha yeah. <laughs> <Huh.
1: laughs> um so uh it, it's not exactly a company you maybe uh think about when you think of the super saloon so uh holden uh is a general Motors uh, subsidiary uh, uh that just functions in australia right right so they make the they made the monaro which was a two-door uh coupe uh they made a commodore which has always been a four-door uh Wait, wasn't the monaro,
0: monaro a Vauxhall? Yes. i always get so, those confused
1: yeah, yeah, so, okay, yeah, this is, this is kind of something I guess we need to explain. Is that they were basically, on one, platf- on one platform, they had several different cars in different, co- depending on where you were from. So there was a Holden Monaro, which is the two-door uh, mid-noughties car. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Vauxhall Monaro, so they didn't bother changing like the model name. Uh, it also looked pretty much exactly the same. But in America, they, you had the Pontiac GTO. Yeah. Which is the same car. But with a different face, which I think is the best looking.
0: They hardly they, look yeah. different, right?
1: Yeah, I think the GTO has the best face of all of them. Uh, but they look pretty much almost bang on the same. Um, yeah, I love the GTO. I miss I miss Pontiac. Um, so, um, but interestingly, <laughs> America, the American market and Holden, they 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 kind of oscillate between like the, like different kind of marquees. So there's there's a Pontiac GCO. um but then uh then there's Lincoln I think Lincoln uh, there was a Lincoln that uh was a Holden or Vauxhall product it gets really confusing like they just shared the platforms all over the place and there's there absolute, was a lot just, of
0: sharing going on in that time, a lot of sharing and carrying you know what i mean
1: uh, yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, yeah, in terms no, of it was super all silence, over the place It was all over the place. It was crazy. Um, So in terms of Super Saloons, the Holden, the Monaro was stopped being made. Um, And they just focused on making basically the Commodore uh, more uh, sporty because that's what they use for the V8 supercars. Um, Like Ford uses their Ford Falcon and then there's a Holden Commodore. So we got a version of it in the UK called the Vauxhall VXR8, um, which also looked pretty much identical. Drove exactly the same. It was the same car. Um, And then uh, in the States, uh, you guys had the Pontiac G8 GXP. Mm -hmm. Um, So these aren't, they're not kind of super in the same way as the cars that we've been talking about are, because the engine isn't insane. It's like an LS motor, so it's pretty simple. uh, And it's not super powerful either. But they're kind of just stupid hot rods. And I guess, I I think, F... Like, ethically, they are the same kind of breed of vehicle.
0: <laughs> um, so, wait, can I read this thing? I just found this is hilarious. This is, like, how intertwined all of these companies were. So for the fourth yeah, so generation confusing. GTO, which was, like, uh-huh. the mid-2000s, um, yeah. it, that was really just a rebadged Holden Monaro, right, mm-hmm. which was an Australian coupe. Um, yep. And the Holden Monaro itself was actually based on the Opel Omega B yeah. Yeah, it was sold yeah. as in in America, but rebranded as the Cadillac Catera. So yeah, and the there's new a GTO, Chevrolet somewhere, wasn't there? Yeah, I think so. So the new GTO <laughs> was basically an older Cadillac that had gone through like three identity yeah. crises. <laughs> and especially with those American versions, like the, the Chevy SS, I love because it's, you know, if you just saw that, you'd be like, that is generic rental car. It looks, I think it looks cool. But the fact that it's like, so, you know, relatively mundane on the outside and yeah. it's got a Corvette engine inside it. Yeah. Well, I, it I think so it's,
1: cool. I think it's more, mon- it's more mundane looking than the G8 GXP Definitely. in my minds. Yeah. Um, I love that G8. I wish we had it over here, but um, yeah, such a cool car. Um, so speaking of Q cars, mm-hmm. um, we should talk about uh, a transition from Q cars to, to kind of four door supercars which is kind of where the the aston martin rapide kind of sits and we thought the panamera as
0: well yeah that golden era of super saloons is also in a way kind of the end of super saloons that we know
1: yeah and easily defining that category yeah. as well yeah because it gets really complicated after right.
0: this <laughs> the repeat's a perfect example though of like an exact moment in time when it changed yeah, it kind of spearheaded the change. I mean, it's literally a stretched DB9. And only just, either, as well. <laughs> <laughs> barely stretched. <laughs> yeah, just a roofline. Two line. more millimeters. Not really
1: the chassis. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I yeah. love that, it. Um, it's
0: just amazingly beautiful. And a lot of it comes from that, you know, radical departure from the typical three-box sedan layout, where suddenly you've got yeah. a fastback thing that looks like a stretched supercar, because that's effectively what it is.
1: Yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, so the Panamera came in. Uh, when did when was the Pan Panamera? the Panamera's been with us for a, a long while now? Yeah, um, when did it come out?
0: I was it two thousand like eleven? That sounds about right. Yeah, twenty ten.
1: Oh, so close! Didn't even have to look that up. Yeah. So um, so when it first came out, it was a turd on wheels. I hated. I hated how it looked disgusting
0: you know and as bad as it looked as bad as it looked then there that was like the best that they had done after decades of trying to successfully stretch a 911 into a four door yeah i mean there are concept cards going back to like you know the early 80s of them trying to do this i will say though i honestly think the current gen panamera especially the wagon version looks amazing
1: yeah it does (laughs) oh
0: Yes. The only other um, Italian car that I wanted to mention um, is that, you know, it's the Maserati Quattroporte Porte is the only car on this list, really, from Italy, right? Whether it's a yeah. Super Saloon or a four door supercar. Um, yeah. There was a one off Ferrari concept done by Pininfarina, and it was called the Ferrari Pinin. Mm-hmm. And it was a four door with a 5-liter flat 12 engine up front. And had they built that, I think that would have been the ultimate 80s four-door performance car.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it almost looks like um, its profile is very Mercedes, actually. (laughs) you're Um, right, it is. And it it really does not look like a Ferrari. Uh, It it kind of, I mean, it reminds me a bit of the Mondial, the the, uh, 400 Mondial.
0: I think that's yeah. what it was based off.
1: Yeah, right, which makes sense because yeah. that was a stretched, uh, not quite a... Uh, it, it, was, it was two door, right? It was a, 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 a big coupe, I guess. Right. The Mondial like that, looks, looks
0: the- like it always should have been a four door, but wasn't for some yeah. reason.
1: Yeah, for some reason. It looks wrong. Yeah. And but therefore this... it is wrong. <laughs> <What> is
0: <that? laughs> but yeah, that pin in, like, so there's only this one concept car created, but it sits super low on these like awesome, you know, eighties yeah. turbofan kinda of wheels and it looks yeah. amazing. So now onto the present
1: with super saloons, and there are quite a lot of them. In fact there's probably more on the market now than there have been.
0: Yeah, and we've got this bizarre mix of the there's still a couple of the classically styled, you know, three box sedans hanging yep. about. And there's a lot of these new kind of fastback four-door gt cars
1: as well mm-hmm. yeah ones that quite don't quite know what they are yes um, <laughs> um so we've still got the the, the regular the the, ori- the original the m5 mm-hmm. uh which now comes with four driving 600 horsepower
0: yep and twin turbo um, v8 and
1: and i think it looks pretty awesome actually like in terms of styling i think it looks Better than the previous one. Better than the F10. I didn't love the F10, to be honest. Which is the first twin-turbo V8.
2: Right, uh, right.
0: I don't know, it's so much more aggressive now. It works well yeah. in, in the brighter colors, but it's such a stark departure from that kind of Q-car origins <laughs> yes. that we were talking about. So You
1: can definitely it's tell it is, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the wheels are just enormous. Like, yeah. are they 20-inch? I feel like yeah, they I might be. So. I think Which is just
0: fucking stupid <laughs> the press car that one of the press cars was this like like bright bright red with a black you know
1: trim oh yeah like it. black grill and yeah. like black wheels yeah, yeah I sick. love I love that look the look of that um yeah. and it's weird to say like a a, a M 5 looks good but it really does I think it looks really cool um shame that it's full drive I hate that obviously mm-hmm. powerfully um or x drive whatever pretentious bullshit uh all drive system they've got, <laughs> um, basically for the acceleration stats, uh, so it can do drag races really fast. Fair enough, whatever. That seems to be all anyone cares about these days. Um, thanks, Tesla. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what we'll speak of Tesla, again, yeah, there's the Tesla Model S. Um, yeah. So which came out? When did that come out? Was that like 2014, 2013? Oh god. Because there was um, there was some when I was in America. Uh, 2012. Damn, yeah. they've been around a while. Been around a while. I missed them with the grill. I think they look better with before so better they with the grill.
0: Remember, yeah. <laughs> they at one point they got rid of the grill completely, and then they brought it back like in a little kind of sliver form.
1: Yeah, like a but, like a shadow. Yeah, of, they clearly of, realized of
0: that people need some sort of visual on the front. Like
1: yeah, a, otherwise the, the people start to panic and be like, no, yeah. it's
0: not gonna grill. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but how does the engine breathe? It can't breathe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone cut a hole in that car now. <laughs> um, so uh, this is kind of, this is really where Tesla took off, right? Um, mm-hmm. As yeah, a company, because a
0: volume production car.
1: Yeah, because uh, they had the, the Tesla Roadster, which was kind of like a, an Elise but all electric, uh, but not quite because it's quite heavy. Um, but it was that's kind of what was going for a two door Roadster kind of thing. Yeah, um, and. So, um, so it started off with a dual motor, uh, all-wheel drive. Uh, no, I didn't start off with that, but the, the performance models were anyway. So there's Model S 60, 85, P85, lots of different monikers that I don't understand. Yeah, they're all <laughs> just
0: basically relating to the battery capacity. But yeah. when the Model S came out in... It was competing with then, you know, the current gen like M five and the E sixty three and stuff. And mm-hmm. it was already, mm-hmm. you know, comparable to those cars in terms of power and acceleration, at least to sixty. Uh, yep. but since then the performance stats have just like ballooned into these crazy numbers, right? Where you yeah. now like we said, the the new Plat has over a thousand horsepower. And what the you know fuck? the the next closest thing is probably the panamera turbo se hybrid which is like 700 yeah
1: yeah that's love that um it's it's kind of crazy um so uh you could arguably say that tesla across all kind of performance car ranges started this whole like of course like acceleration and numbers were always important um to performance cars but really kicked off like the full drive get off the line as fast as you can like the 0-60 race the quarter mile times it's like yeah. crazy so the uh, Plaid version is meant to do a quarter mile in under 9 seconds which is just stupid that's faster than like a 720S McLaren um, I'm not sure if they've actually done an official quarter mile time for the f- 765 but it'll be close to that maybe a little bit faster but yeah. that's just stupid it's a, it's a four door s- sedan it's insane isn't it
0: with a thousand horsepower and then you've See got big. Lucid, right? Uh, yes. Another uh, California uh, automotive startup formed of ex Tesla employees building yeah. another all electric sedan with pretty much identical power figures. Yeah. I yeah. think the Lucid looks way better, though, and it's, it's certainly way a much higher price better. point. Right? And yeah. it's, the luxury on that car is just next level. Like, they actually yeah, the, reinvented the sedan.
1: Yeah, fully. The interior is stunning. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's kind of why, like Mercedes, Mercedes also with their E, the E sixty three S, they also went full drive uh, on standard. I think you might be able to yep. turn it off uh, uh, yeah, and go real drive. Yeah,
0: you can the, the BMW too on the M five.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can. Thank God, because um, uh, an M five that doesn't drift is not an M five in my in my opinion. Same with the E sixty three. Like yeah, if yeah. it can't drift, it's not right <laughs> um, so um, that kind of so now I think the M5 the new M5 does it, they're not 16 like something like 3 point something who cares seconds um, yeah it's irrelevantly is,
0: you know, fast all of them are just crazy fast now
1: yeah um, and it's uh, it, and what what's kind of interesting uh, is so the origin the, the origins of the super saloon is started off with a mundane car a Q car that has uh, essentially a race car engine mm-hmm. um, or, or an outrageous engine that really sh- you would not expect to be there. And now the recipe's completely changed where the car is very obviously like a souped-up performance variant, but then has a fairly boring engine, a capable engine, but one that really doesn't exactly inspire uh, the same emotion, I guess, as like the original, uh, the original... Uh, Engines in these cars.
0: Yeah. Um, It's kind of an interesting turning point. It is, and maybe part of it is because the the surprise is no longer there. Yeah. Because it's visually such a statement already, you're like, oh, this has got to be super fast.
1: Yeah, completely, completely. Um, So that's kind of interesting. Um, However, uh, I think, strangely, the savior (laughs) of all (laughs) comes um, from Cadillac.
0: Yes, Um, oh my God, yes.
1: And I'm so happy about this. I was literally, <laughs> when, I heard, when I heard the news about, so, right, so Cadillac have, uh, they've, they've got rid of the CTS-V and the ATS-V,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which were amazing cars.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Love the CTS-V with all my heart. That's what um, you do
0: these days, right? When you have an amazing car, you kill it off.
1: You kill it off and make yeah. something new, which is exactly the same, but a different brand name for some reason. Um, so now the uh, ATS-V is now the CT4V Blackwing, Yep, right, that's yeah. right. So that's the V6, uh, just like the ATS, ATS V. Actually, to be fair, so that's totally fine. Looks amazing. Uh, the coolest rear wing ever—not um, ever, but it's—it's it's like a ducktail on a sedan. Love it. Um, so the CT5 V Black Wing. Uh, this actually really surprised me. This was like a glimmer of hope in all the car news um, that we see. That it's so the engine, it is. Um, it's not an LS motor, is it? It is an LT4. Right. Okay. So yeah. it's it's an LS. Same kind LT, of LT. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Fans, supercharged. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, um, so, it's a supercharged V8 with uh, was it 660 horsepower?
0: 668.
1: Oh, um, and one away uh, from no, the perfect number. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Hi- no hybridization in sight. And most amazingly, most just oh happily it comes with the manual gearbox, yeah, and it's I'm real sure drive. I, like,
0: screamed out loud when I read that, dude! I, was, I could not I, believe this was happening. I couldn't
1: believe it either. I was so happy. I mean, I think it's going to be made in very limited numbers, so like I guess they can let it be a bit less uh, environmentally friendly, <laughs> or you know. Um, but fuck me, it looks so fucking good. It's got all the right everything and it, it's it's literally like a, a like the golden era like i mean that that power is ridiculous that's so much power um but like it, it really is it harkens back to a good time um in the whole super sedan um uh kind of timeline uh yeah. and it's about the only one that's actually kind of interesting
0: <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> like, right like the, the no, current lineup we've got the m5 we've got the alpina b5 which is kind of a different take on the m5 from german yeah. tuner alpina yeah um, we've got the e63s um, oh of course we have to mention we've got the charger hellcat
1: oh yes which is like in my mind the spiritual successor of the like vxr8 and the uh, uh, commodore like yeah. it's just simple stupid lots of power yeah um fucking awesome exactly That's so cool love it um, and I think it makes more sense than the Challenger because the Challenger and the and the Charger share the same, it's the same chassis platform, uh, except you get more space in the Charger and it's not much heavier. Yeah, it just and makes it more sense better. to me.
0: Right. So yeah, I say that kind of wraps up the uh, the the Super Saloon timeline and and evolution to where we are now.
1: Okay, Spencer, you have to you get you get one Super Saloon in the world. What do you choose?
0: Oh my God. Oh uh, right now <laughs> I mean like just kind of picking any vehicle stock out of that selection. Uh uh-huh. I'd I'd probably I'd either go with the E thirty nine M five or I'd want to try the new C T five V Blackwing. I feel like it'd be one of those.
1: Alright. Alright. Strong choices. How yep. about you? Um it's probably the E sixty M five
0: with it's a manual. Like,
1: oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i mean obviously in my perfect world well, it would be in a it would be a wagon uh and a manual but as it we're on a super saloon, saloon episode it? <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> it'd be a super estate
0: um we could do a super estate so, episode and have like three cars in it and be five minutes
1: yeah, long. <laughs> yeah most some coach belt yeah <laughs> in, in belgium um, yeah. <laughs> all right cool well until next time
0: yeah i think that's a that's a solid healthy ramble we just did
1: i think so i think it's been informative and uh rambly like you said yes all
0: right well um if you're still listening thank you for watching this has been straight cut nonsense and uh tune in next time Bye. bye bye